G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. our children otherwise we are not doing our job they have to be able to function as an adult in an adult world otherwise we are crippling our children today's teenagers are living in a highly sexualized world and we parents have first voice privilege to help them prepare for life and all of its challenges my wife kate and myself brett ryan spoke to northreach community church on the topic of raising older children and provide an overview and some easy to understand principles including how to talk to your kids about sexuality, teaching life skills, and becoming job ready. Today's broadcast is part three of this talk for Focus on the Family, Australia. The next thing we need to talk about is sexuality, and sexuality, unfortunately, goes hand in hand with technology, especially when you're talking about pornography and you're talking about sexting, which is the new form of flirting, and it's untoward for about 60% of girls will at one stage be solicited to send naked pictures of themselves, and about 40% of boys will be solicited to send a naked picture of themselves. It is the culture of today, unfortunately, and they don't understand the repercussions of these things. So similar to that conversation that you have with your son about, have you ever seen an image? And they might, one of two responses, the same thing you could have with your young lady. Hey, I went to a seminar and they were talking about sexting. Have, have you heard of this word? And I can guarantee they will have heard it. Have you had anyone ever approach you to, to do this? And they can respond in one of three ways. No, they've never done that. Okay, well, if you do, what would you say? Or they might say, Actually, yes, they have. Again, don't react. Just respond on the inside. You're freaking out on the outside. Just to say, well, what did you do? How did you handle it? I told them where to go. And you go, that's my girl. Well done. Or the third option, they might have just said, actually, they badgered me and badgered me. and I just sent them a picture. But I didn't send a picture of my head. It's just my body. Learn to respond, not react. Because there's other repercussions there. There's actually some legal repercussions but also just as significant is the psychological. And they don't realise that those images are going to be out into cyber land forever. They don't think through the consequences. So these are just conversations. In our highly sexualized world, we need to help our young people know about their bodies, and particularly in a highly sexualized world, the temptations that are out there, whether it's pornography, sexting. But you might think that pornography is just a boy issue. It's not. More and more girls are looking at pornography. And, I mean, the most popular movie at one stage for women to look at was the Fifty Shades of Grey series. It's just, I just don't understand it. But it had a narrative in there. It had a storyline of a man and a woman and there's love. And, but it just showed no value. So I would say in this world, we need to start talking about their bodies and how to look after it. I said to the group today of the years 7 to 10, treat yourself with dignity, treat yourself with value, treat yourself with respect and expect nothing less. 
And I said to the boys, treat women with dignity, value, and respect. And they understand it, they get it. But sexuality, and especially in our day and age, which is so readily available, it is just everyone is tempted at a click of a button. And we need to help our young people navigate this world because it will come and find them. It will hunt them down. They could be looking at their computer innocently and it pop up. They just click on for a curiosity, killed the cat, and it opens up. And that's the reason why you need to know what's going on in your kid's world, especially when it comes to sexuality. And I think we need to, as parents, look at signs for that. They may not talk about it, but they exhibit shame and anger because they're angry with themselves. There's no point in us heaping shame on our children if they're doing something like that. They already feel shame. They just don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to let go. They don't know how to tell you. They don't know how to move forward. But there are so many great websites. One of our sons in uni, he was talking to one of his non-Christian mates and his non-Christian mate said to him, I've got this girlfriend, but I'm thinking about breaking up with her because I don't just want to sleep with one girl, I want to sleep with a lot of them. That's what he said to my son. And my son just said, mate, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. He said, are you looking at pornography? And he said, yeah. He said, how does that make you feel? And he goes, crappy. And he said, yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. And so he talked about it and he talked about how it can change the wiring of the brain when it becomes habitual and and all of that kind of stuff. And the guy goes, thank you for telling me. I didn't realise what I was feeling and I was really worried about it. And so my son gave him a couple of just secular websites of how to get off pornography. There are some fantastic ones. And do you know what? That guy's... If you run this down, it's a really good one, an Australian one. It's called Go For Greatness. And we've done a couple of interviews with him. He's a man who actually was addicted to porn. He was looking at it eight to nine hours a day. Nearly destroyed his marriage, nearly destroyed his whole family. And now he's a, that's the best website in Australia that I know that helps people. Yeah, so we need to help our kids talk to other people about it in a healthy way. There are so many wonderful conversations to have out there. If we just talk to our kids like it's an everyday subject, everyday conversation, I think if we get into panic mode and... and Believe me, I understand the panic mode. If a child says something to you and you go, oh, how do I stop that? How do I stop it? And it's running away from me. And so you get into panic mode. Oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to save them, I've got to, you know, and we panic. We have to not panic and trust that God's got them and then start a process. You can't and, fix and, everything and, and overnight. And get on the same page with your spouse If you're doing it alone, get other people beside you. But if you're with a spouse, you've got to get on the same page and have a plan. You know you have a plan for your career, you have a plan for professional development, you have a financial plan. You've got to have a plan with your teens because what do you want them to look like in the future? If you want them to be healthy and responsible and have acts of service towards other people, one of the biggest things you're going to do for your kids is give them responsibility. You need to give your children responsibility. They need to play a part in your home. They need to be doing chores. They need to be, depending on how old, well, to be quite honest, if you've got a teen, they need to be cooking. doesn't matter what sex they are. They need to learn how to use the washing machine. They need to learn how to iron. They need to learn how to put the rubbish out, mow the lawns, whip a snip. 
they need to take responsibility. And when they say to you, how much are you going to pay me? Then you say, well, nothing for those things because that's just part of being a team. We're in a family. If you go above and beyond, if you go and wash the car for me, I'll give you whatever. They've never washed a car. Our kids have never washed the car. <laughs> but they've neither have they got pocket money because unless they have gone above and beyond. Because being part of a family, you contribute. So we'd all be at sport all weekend, you know, because they're all playing something. We would get, as we're driving home in our two separate cars, because you've got three kids, you know, you're shuttling, you say to them, okay, when we get home, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that, everybody in. Because we've all been out doing this great, wonderful sport thing and it's been fantastic, but now we're all going to be a team, we're going to get home, we're going to get this done so then we can go off and do something else nice. Because it shouldn't be the parents shuttle here, then the parents come home and the parents do this and then the parents do that. The kids go, play sport, come home, have a shower, lie down, get on their screen. No, that doesn't work. No, we're a team. We drive you there, we enjoy the sport, we come home, we work as a team, we get the house done. And so it has to be that they contribute. If you do everything for your child, you are enabling them to be narcissistic. It's all about me. You'll drive me here, you'll bring me home, you'll make my food, you'll wash my clothes, you'll put them away, you'll make my bed, you'll vacuum my room. And all of a sudden you've got this child going, you'll serve me. That's what they do. Well, they're going to do it. I don't need to do anything. And so when they get out in the world and nobody's doing anything for them, they have no resilience. Why aren't you doing that for me? I turned up to work. Why aren't you saying thank you? I turned up. Do you know, I was speaking to somebody recently and they told me that their niece quit her job because they told her she couldn't have Facebook on her computer. She said, I am entitled to have Facebook on my computer. I will not stay here. And this is the generation that if we do not get them to be responsible and serve others, this is what they expect. And people have actually said, my boss doesn't thank me at the end of the day. That really ticks me off. Uh, really? <laughs> Speak to the men and women who worked in jobs, in the same job for 60 years who didn't have their boss come up and say, you know what, I really appreciate you rocking up today. It's just not the way it is. And so we need to teach our children responsibility and they are to contribute just because they are part of a team, not because they're going to get praised up. And we thank them. Don't get me wrong, because we should be thanking our spouses when they do things. We thank them. I thank my kids if they do jobs. I say, I really appreciate that you've kept that room clean. I really appreciate that you hung that washing out for me. Show appreciation. The more you show appreciation, they get it. You know, because we, we give them jobs to do, but we've got to get them off the track that it's all about me. Well, I had my kids making their, their lunches for school in primary school. And then I've got girlfriends who still make their kids' lunches for them in year 12. And I say to them, why do you do that? Oh, I'm showing them love. And I said, do they appreciate you doing that? And she goes, no, not really. They complain about what I do and what I put in their lunches. I said, so... It makes you feel loved doing that for them because they don't appreciate the fact that you're actually doing it. So I said, you need to be really careful that they're just not walking all over you 
And so we have to be really aware that they need responsibility to grow into responsible adults. Because if they start here, they just slip into that adult role. If you don't train them, the number of people, we've got a girl who comes to our house every Sunday night. You know, we had to teach her. She's 28. When she came into our house, she was 22. We, we can't get rid of her. No, we can't. She, she's beautiful. She's beautiful, one of the boys' friends. But yeah, she comes every week because her family's not close and they don't sit down to dinners and we do. And so she came into our home and I said to her, could you take the dishes over and put them in the dishwasher? She goes, how do I do that? She had not been taught even how to put cutlery into a dishwasher. And I watched her do it. And I said Especially to her, Especially for someone who's got OCD or recovering OCD. You know, have all the plates in a certain way is really important. And, and so I had to say to her, darling, you know those lines? See the lines? Yeah, yeah. I said, the line of the fork goes between the two lines. Oh, So basic things. She didn't know how to actually wash the dishes and then dry them. She was a qualified nurse, but she could not function as an adult to do any basic thing. And so we actually said one night that she was going to help make dinner. And that was a real experience to teach her how to do the basics. We have to teach our children, otherwise we are not doing our job. They have to be able to function as an adult in an adult world. Otherwise, we are crippling our children. We don't want to cripple our children. We want them to be high-functioning, healthy adults. You're listening to Brett and Kate Ryan for Focus on the Family Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. My wife Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, spoke to Northreach Community Church on the topic of raising older children and provide an overview and some easy to understand principles, including how to talk to your kids about sexuality, teaching life skills and becoming job ready. And it's those little things about the responsibility actually helps them navigate. If they take responsibility of little things, it helps them have responsibility for the bigger things, including that relationship. You have to ideally have these conversations before it happens. Like, when are they allowed to date? Have you considered that question? When are they allowed to stay out with a friend at a certain time? Have you considered those questions? It's better to work this out, and you can't say 43, you know. It doesn't work. <laughs> it might feel like it, but it, it's not. But it'd be good that you're on the same page. And we decided, and I would say this, this is a good rule of thumb, if you wanted to have what we would say, you can have a boyfriend or a girlfriend when you're finished high school. That's just a rule of thumb. Because once they're in high school, you know, they go out with each other for about a minute anyway, so then they're going to see that person for the rest of the two or three years. It damages years. friendship groups. Uh, it doesn't make them concentrate on their schoolwork. Wait till they leave school and then they can actually understand what's going on in their, in their own world, what they want and what they don't want. But I would say that you're preparing them for life by these little things and have these conversations about their bodies... I mean, if you haven't had a talk with your 10-year-old girl about menstrual cycles, 
you're leaving it a little bit late because the average age of a girl having their first period is about 10 years of age. If you haven't spoken to your boy about wet dreams, they're going to wake up one day, either the girl, and will see the bleeding, and they'll Google it themselves, find out what's going on, and they'll go, why didn't you tell me this? Or a boy will look up what's going on, and he'll probably think there's something wrong with him. That's an excellent way to teach them how to use the washing machine, by the way. Mm. Just use that as a little thing. But that's just a natural part of the process. And if you'd like to find out in more details, and again, there's more to all of these topics, on our website at families.org.au, under resources, there's a whole free resources where I've written on how to talk to your kids about sexuality, pornography, sexting, LGBT. There's also how to talk to your kids about drugs and alcohol, um, all available for free. Uh, just to give you better information about how to navigate at the age-appropriate levels. But the earlier you talk about these things, the better it is. Because it's never too early to talk to your kids about these issues. This verse here is a, a verse that we have always lived by. And it's my favourite verse in the Bible. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but renew your minds. We have to help our young people to not conform to the, the standards of the world, but to rise to a higher standard. And it starts here in the way they think. And then we have to actually start training them about protecting their mind, what they allow through their eyes and what they allow through their ears. Again, you want them to become filters, not sponges. And so they're going to have their friends and they're going to have their schoolmates and they're going to say things like, ah, mom or dad, everyone's got this or everyone's going to see this movie. Everyone. And, and that's when you go, Really? Well, I'll just ring up Tom's parents just to double check. Oh, no, Tom's parents... No, 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 Tom, Tom's parents don't. Um, well, I'm going to ring up Veronica's parents and see if what they... No, no, Veronica's... You know, no, 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 Veronica's... No, she's not allowed to go, you know. Because they think everyone, they're going to use this as their language. So that line here, therefore, our children need to hear and practice using this unique... Say, our family's different. This is what we do in our household. I can't control what's happening to someone else's home. I can't control what other, other value systems, but I can control the things that happen in our household. Do not allow the world to creep in without giving your kids the opportunity to ask questions, to question your value systems, to question your belief systems. Our kids are going to grow up so quickly. But I think it's really important that you need a role model, healthy listening, good conflict resolution, be open and honest and, and be... Vulnerable enough to say, I've goofed, I've stuffed up, I apologise, I'm really sorry. But another thing, that because you've got life experience, you know all the answers, but they're still trying to sort that out. And if you go up to them and say, can I give you a word of advice? And they say, no. And then you say, well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. You've actually not listened to what they're saying. But you can say, okay, that's fine, but I'll check in again tomorrow to see if, if you'd like to have some advice. It's the hardest thing as a parent has to do is learning to let go. They're not always going to make decisions and choices that you agree with. But one thing they can rely on you, that you will love them unconditionally. It doesn't mean you love every choice. No. doesn't mean that you love every decision they make, but you will love them unconditionally. Let them know that you were a kid once. Hey, when I was 16, yeah, I had this problem. This has happened to me. They go, really? You were 16? They just think you were born old, as I said. <laughs> but if you're really open, they'll go, oh, well, you might have something to say to me, especially during those years when they're saying back off. You can just still allow them to enter into your world. And as I said before, you might actually have to share 
your skeleton stories? Because Kate's got a whole bunch of them. There's not a bunch. I had diaries when I was a teenage girl. (laughs) That was a mistake. This is priceless. Because one of my sons found one. I didn't know. And we got to the dinner table at night and he goes, I've just got some reading I thought we'd find very fascinating this evening. And I looked down and I went, where'd you get that? He goes, oh, I just happened to find it. It was in the shed. (laughs) And um, I felt we should read this page. And so Kate kissed too many boys. That's basically what oh. she kissed too many boys. So I was dating a guy, and then I'm in my diary. I'm talking about this other guy, and the, the boys are going, "Hmm, so that's not ideal, is it?" And I go, "No, no, not ideal." And and can I just, in my defence, I had a few issues, and don't do it because I, I said they're my regrets. And I said, I'm trying to teach you not to go down the path I did because you will regret it. They go, Mum, this is one page. We've read one page and we've already found this. Anyway, they said to me, when I get married, can I have the gift of all your diaries given to us? You don't have to to buy me any more gifts ever, 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 ever again. Just allow me access to the diaries. I said, no, those diaries are actually going in a bonfire. (laughs) So the kids have to be able to laugh about our past because we were real. We're real and we did stupid things and we can go, you know, we did stupid things, don't do it because we regret it. If you can help it, learn from what we did and not go down that path of, well, I've got to try it because then you have your own regrets. So we talk about those things, but of course, you know, anytime anything comes up, they go, oh, well, mum kissed that, you know, those 10 guys and... It's like, so oh, many stories. So, so many, many stories. stories. But it's brought up, it can't, anyone comes over. Oh, oh, that story. Well, mum. <laughs> <laughs> so we could always beat it with something I did. So if we, can, if we can just stop our kids from doing those things. But I'll just leave you with three things that may seem very simple, but will really help your young people navigate, especially when it comes to anxiety and stress and resilience and the ability to cope with everything. And this is going to sound really basic, but it's often the basic things that we don't do enough. Your kids need sleep. They may think that they don't, but they need sleep. They need to have at least eight to nine hours a day. You would benefit from this, by the way, as well, so just keep that in (laughs) mind. They need to be able to eat well, healthy diet, and they also need to drink water. That seems really basic. They are the basics. But all the evidence points to a good diet, sleeping well, and drinking plenty of water, hydration, can actually help people become more resilient. It actually can lower depression. And even though they seem very simple, they are those things that can really make a difference. But I'm going to add two more. One is getting them to serve. And again, this is under the aspect of faith. Your kids, and I did this as a kids pastor, I mentored about 50 or 60 kids in my time as a kids pastor. I had invited them in my home and, and they're just to navigate some of the, they can ask me anything and everything. But they used to serving in the church. They didn't want to be in church, but they're happy to serve in kids church, youth church, doing the sound, doing anything. And even if their motive is not pure, it's a good place to start. Yeah. Getting them to serve and 
doing things beyond themselves. So serving others, whether it's in the church or even externally, yeah. volunteering is a good place to start. But the final thing is, the best thing you can do for your kids is to role model what you would like them to become. Because it's all very well for you to live one life and talk about it and don't live it out. You need to live it out. Whatever it may be, live it out to its full. Because if you can go to church and you live another life, they will smell a hypocrite a mile away. So be the type of person you want them to become. Kind, considerate, thoughtful. And especially for those who've got a faith, love his church, love God, and they will get it. It's caught, not just taught, it's caught. Be careful not to criticise the church in front of your kids or criticise the pastor who preached and criticise the music and criticise... Because all you're teaching is bag, bag, bag. And so the church is, the pastor sucks, the music, or it's not up to snuff, the this, the that, the other thing. When we do that, it damages their relationship with the church. And so we have to really get that under control. Church would be great if it wasn't for the people. people. (laughs) Seriously. We're imperfect beings. If you're looking for a perfect church... You're never going to find one because it's filled with people. As soon as you turn up, it's not perfect anymore. (laughs) Yep. Just letting you know. Thanks for listening. I hope the information you have heard has been helpful. If Focus has been a blessing to you and your family, we would ask for you to consider becoming a monthly supporter. It will enable us to produce radio content and other resources for your family. To find helpful articles on parenting teenagers, teaching kids about sex and a whole lot more, go to our website at families.org.au. I'm Brett Ryan and you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.